Welcome to this week's meeting of the Rotary E-Club of Silicon Valley. I am thrilled to welcome our district governor from the district of 5170, Hung Wei, to our meeting. We get today to discuss the value of not just our Rotary Club and the service we do locally and globally, but also the opportunity to discuss what a district structure does and how that district helped us serve our communities. I am thrilled to have our club go through and have speakers every week that are innovative, talk about education, technology, and how we're better serving the world. And one of those ways is within the overall structure of Rotary. And I welcome Hung Wei to our club today and look forward to hearing uh, and talking with her today. Over to you, Hung. All right. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Hung Wei. I'm the current District 5170 governor, and I'm a member of the Rotary Club of Cupertino in California. USA. So I actually would like to start my presentation with questions of this club. Does anyone know what is District 5170? I mean, let's start with how big is District 5170? What's our most northern part of city? Anybody know? So the most, um, go ahead. Like, like Oakland? Or Very right? good. Very good. It's Oakland, Piedmont, Montclair. That's our northern part. How about our southern part? Where does it go? All, all the way to the south. Gerard Moore, more south, a little further right. south, southern. So Watsonville, oh. uh, Watsonville, let me look at our map, and uh, Hollister, San Juan Batista. So all the way past Santa Cruz. So that's south. How about our west part? That would be like the Pacific Ocean, I think. Doesn't go that far, but uh, Palo Alto. Right there. Okay. So, and how about our east part, all the way to the East Bay? I know we have Livermore. Very good. Livermore, Livermore Valley. That'll be the east part. So, when you look at this geographic of District 5170, it encompasses most of the Silicon Valley, you know, anything in between Sunnyvale, Milpitas, um, Cupertino, Fremont, all the way, Pleasanton, all the way to the East Bay. So, that is District 5170. So when Rotary International divides the world, they sort of look at the geographical plus how many Rotarians are in each district. So sometimes they'll switch district because if the numbers become so low, it cannot encompass the district, they'll combine district. So District 5170 is from Piedmont, Montclair, Oakland, all the way to Watsonville, San Juan Batista, from Palo Alto, all the way to Livermore Valley. How many clubs do we have? Take a guess. Right. We have 63 clubs. We used to, three months ago, it was 62. Amiti Chen, I think Amiti Chen started your club, right? He was a charter member of your club. So he just started a new club called the Rotary Club of San Francisco Bay Area. And so the, three clubs. So how many Rotarians do we have in District 5170? Take a little guess. 1,800. A, a little bit more than that. I'm glad we have a little bit more than that. Count, 4, right? About 3,900 to 4,000. So in between, goes up and down. And we once exceed 4,000, we're now about 3,950. So my next question is, what, okay, so this is District 5170. What does the District 5170 mean to you? There's sometimes very little to the clubs, right? The club it itself is like an engine working forward. But District 5170 sounds like a, hmm, 
hmm. So I asked this question. Many people could not answer it. What does the district governor do for you? See, I get a lot of blanks. Okay. So I, I want to tell you, one more question is, how much do you pay per person to the district per year? You do pay a district dues. Any judge here that might the, know? The district, the district in particular? Yes. And no, every year, every member of your member pays a district dues. So but, international dues, but district dues. I, yeah, um, and as, as the president of the club and had to could do my budgeting this year, I saw those numbers and I don't have them above my head, but it's like $75, I feel like. Okay, actually, it's $55 a year. Your 75 is very good because 75 is a half year due combined with Rotary International and Rotary District. So combined is 150 but Yearly for the district, every one of you pays $55 to the district. So you do want a district to do something for you, right? That $5 is money. Okay, so first my question is, what does the district governor do for you? I want to tell you, personally, this is how I feel. The district governor actually is not your leader. I am your best cheerleader because everything is done at the club level. You know, you do fundraisers, you do projects, you do fellowship, you do meetings, you learn things together. Everything is the district. What does is at a, at a club level, not the district level. So what does the district do for you for $55 a year? So there's two things district does for the whole 63 clubs and members. The first thing is we provide learning opportunities to learn together. I know e-clubs is structured a little different because when we learn together, we have Avenue of Service, which happened September 30th, and we're going to have a mid-year reflection, which is going to happen January 13, 2024. So the district brings speakers, just like you bring programs, and we bring partnerships. For example, on the September 30th Avenue service, I think one of you, a few of the members of state was there. I, my teacher Lisa was there. So we introduced a couple of nonprofit organizations. One is World Vision, which is an international service project. And one is Ambassadors of Compassion that works with teenagers. We introduced programs and collaborative projects together so district-wide clubs can do what they want to do. Or they can do it or they don't have to do it, but they can do it together or they learn new things. Just like you provide for your members. Every month you have, every meeting you have a speaker that gives the members, enhance their knowledge, give them more, you know, world views, things like that. So what a district does is provide learning opportunities and service project opportunities for clubs to either work together or work individually. So that is an invaluable um, thing for us to put district clubs together. I want to ask you another question. How big are clubs? Do you know, how, how what's the biggest club that we have in District 5170? How many members in that one club? Oakland number three has around 450, I okay. believe. Okay, so that's San Jose. San Jose Rotary has about that number. Oakland number three has a little bit over three, three, 300. Okay, so our biggest is San Jose Rotary, then Oakland number three, then probably Cupertino, about 220 members. But how small can a club be? We have clubs with nine members. Okay, so you can be a small club or you can be a big club. But what clubs want to do is do projects, right? So whether you're a small club or you're a big club, it's good to do projects 
together area-wide. So right now, our district is going forward with providing opportunities for clubs to do projects together. So that's what a district basically do. The second thing the district do is a fellowship activities. We just had, but more physical, right? Because um, e-club is a little different because e-club, you communicate fellowship through having cheers through Zoom, or if you could, you probably would get together sometimes. I, I want to ask you a question. How often do you physically get together? Sometimes, zero. Okay, so your, your communication through, through having fellowship through Zoom and doing projects in the areas that you live or doing projects supporting other areas, right? So that's an important different structure. But most clubs at District 5170, for example, we just had a train of lights. We booked the whole Niles train and about over, almost 300 to 400 Rotarians rode the train together. We did a little parade in the train. So that's also fellowship. Get out of our own clubs and get to know other clubs, what they do. So the District 5170, what the district means is the district wants to support all the clubs in providing more learning opportunities more projects together, and more fellowship to get to know your connections expand out of your clubs. So I think e-clubs is a little different, but I do want to say you do still pay $50.5 per person per year to the district. So when the Q&A, actually, I would ask this question, what can the district do for you? What is the best way the district can support your club in reaching out more to do more projects together, even collaborate with other e-clubs. We do have more than one e-clubs. You, you are one of the e-clubs. We have e-clubs of Silicon Valley Smart Village, who they never really met. They are all over the place. They all belong to IEEE, and they do global grants together, and they, they're really a very, very active club. And we have e-club of Silicon Valley Health and Wellness. They also meet online. And so it, it, it's you're not the only e-club in in the area. So what I, my question for you is, would you like e-clubs to kind of work together sometimes? You could have a joint e-club meeting and really learn from each other. What do you do? What does IEEE do? And what do you do? And maybe you can do global grants together with not just the e-club, also fiscal clubs. So that said, I want to go into what is Rotary? I think Preston Nick asked a good question. What is Rotary? So I want to share my Rotary story with you. Picture this with me. Picture a small boy whose mother was an alcoholic, whose father was almost never home. He got himself up every morning. He put on whatever clothes he could find, grabbed whatever food was left on the kitchen table. Then he went to school. He loved school. School was a century. His parents could never afford to buy him much. But somehow, when school started, he would receive a brand new backpack full of pencils, crayons, stationery. And somehow, before the winter holiday, someone would hand him a nice warm jacket. Somehow in the spring, a couple of nice t-shirts or a pair of nice sneakers. He didn't know who were those invincible people that helped him. But he loved it. He studied hard, went to college, graduated. Got a nice job in Silicon Valley, bought a house, got married, raised a family, and time flew by, he retired. So one of his friends said, hey, 
you retire now. Why don't you join Rotary? He had no idea what Rotary was, but he joined for fellowship. And then he participated in a couple of club service projects. And one of them was back to school backwards. Why he was stuffing pencils, crayons, stationaries into brand new backpacks. It dawned on him that those invisible people that helped him along the way changed his life to be Rotarians. So he vowed at that moment to always be that invisible person to help a child in need, a family in crisis, or a village in Africa that needs water. This is a Rotarian that who told his life story in my family room while I was fundraising for my club's endowment fund. You know, his life story is my Rotary story. I first want to congratulate each and every one of you. Everything you do, every project you do in your communities or world in the world, you are that invisible person that helps someone. You know, when you do projects, the people you help, they don't know where you are, what you look like, what's your work, but they know invisible people help them change their lives. So really my first message to all the club members is you are already that invisible person. You change people's lives just by doing projects, but they don't know who you are. So I really want to say thank you for being that invisible person. My second message to you is, you know, Rotarians are worldwide, but we always want to say we want to attract more Rotarians into Rotary. You know why? Membership to us is not about numbers. When you have more members, what do you have? You have more resources. You have more talents, you have more projects, you have more friends. So to increase your member, it actually is to increase your ability to do service projects in the world, to attract more invisible people into Rotary. So my second message to you is be a happy Rotarian. Because only when you're happy that you can attract people to join your group. So always be a happy Rotarian. Do what you love to do. My third message is, I can see a lot of you are worldwide. You can, you're mobile. You can move anywhere you want to. But no matter where you are, what you do, join a Rotary Club. And I always say, family and work come first. Rotary can wait. But just by joining a club, you are part of 1.4 million Rotarians that's doing good in the world. You're part of something bigger than you are. So I know things get busy, you have personal life, you work, but always be part of a club so that you're part of something that's doing good in the world. You're always that invisible person. So usually, we said, I told you we have 63 three clubs, right? This is the 60s presentation that I made. So I have three clubs to go, and I really, really want our Rotarians to know that you are that invisible person. You change lives and be a happy Rotarian to attract more members so you have more resources, more talents, more projects, more friends. And also be a lifetime Rotarian. Always join a Rotary Club. Be part of that big engine that's bigger than you are. So at this moment, sometimes I want to share my personal life with you. 
I don't know how many do you know that I am a city council member with Cupertino, and I just got off my mayorship. We rotate, so two days ago we elected a new mayor, but I'm still membership, so I'm still city council member. So people ask me when I was, you know, mayor of Cupertino and District Five One Seven Zero governor, they said, "Wow, how did you, how do you do that?" So I want to share a little bit about how I did it. Um, I'm, I'm still doing it because council and mayors about the same work. Mayors have a little more work. So this is how I, I want to share my personal perspective and my personal life with you a little bit. So I have three principles that I follow. I call them three secrets, but I don't think they're secrets anymore because this, this is a 60, 60s club that I share my secrets. So the first thing is I really just do one thing at a time. It doesn't matter how many things are after today. Here I'm with you. I'm doing a presentation with the Rotary Club, E-Club of Silicon Valley. My heart, my hands, my mind, my time is with you. So I usually do one thing at a time. I'm not going to worry about, you know, I have 30 emails from city council that I need to handle. So let's do one thing at a time. That's one of my secrets. The second is I only do what I love to do. I love my city work. I love being a Rotarian. So sometimes when you receive, actually a lot of times, you'll receive an email from me at 3.30 a.m. California time. I'm not working. I'm doing something I love to do. So it's really something that I am passionate about. So always do something you love to do. The third secret is very personal. I'm going to ask a question. How many people here love to cook? Raise your hand if you love to cook. There we go. President Nick and Mike love to cook. Cook away because you are doing something you love to do, right? I never cook. I don't do grocery shopping. I don't chop vegetables. I don't wash dishes. I literally never cook. I'll tell you how much I don't cook. One year, my refrigerator broke for three weeks. I didn't even miss it. So I don't cook. You know how much time that saved? So I, my boys are... You know, I call them IPO, income-producing offspring. They don't need me. They have their family. My husband lives in Taiwan. He comes home three or four times a year. So when he is in the U.S., I'm a happily married woman. But most of the times, I'm a happily married single woman. So if I'm not hungry, nobody in my house is hungry. So I really have all the time to do what I love to do. So that's sort of, a, you know, what's my life look like right now? I love my city work. I'm in the communities. I'm supporting a lot of nonprofits and I love Rotary and, you know, doing Rotary work really is not work for me. So that aside, another question is, let me get a sip of water. How many do you know who is our international president? Uh, there we go. I got to meet Gordon at my president-elect training. Very good. So Gordon Magnoli is our international president. One of his goals for Rotary really touches my heart is he has a lot of goals, maybe three or four major goals. But this one is, is very personal to me. He wants Rotary to be known as an organization that takes care of its members. And there's a little deep meaning of that. Think about Rotary as doing service but think about Rotary as taking care of its members. Gordon has a personal story to tell. As Nick, President Nick said, you met Gordon in person. I also met him 
in person in January of this year in Orlando. He was still international president-elect. I was district governor-elect. He met about over 400 district governor-elects from worldwide in Orlando. That's sort of a, a training, last training for district governor-elects. In that meeting, he shared for the very first time his family story. I don't know, did he share it with you, President Nick? I, maybe. Mm -hmm. story, yeah. So Gordon has a brother or had a brother. His name is Ian. They're very close. And Ian was a very successful business person and had a lovely family. But no one, not his family, not his friends, knew that he suffered from depression until the day he took his own life. So Gordon said, maybe it's because pride, because you want to be viewed as strong. So his brother never shared his depression and hid it so well until the day he passed away. So Gordon's message to us is, we have people around us, family, friends, Rotary members, who may be going through no crisis or it's just still a stigma in a lot of societies. So he really wants Rotary members to take care of our own members. When he shared that, he inspired me to share my own story. So I'm going to share my own story with you. You know, the most difficult question anyone can ask me in a social event is, how many kids do you have? It took me a while to come up with this answer. So my answer is, I have two boys now. Most people ignore the now, and they will go to, oh, where are you boys? What do they do? And by the time, I have a two-year-old lovely granddaughter now, too. So I had a daughter. Her name was Diana. On January 9, 2004, I took her to San Francisco Airport. She was a sophomore in college. She transferred herself from UCLA to New York University. And her words, Mom, I want to be with my soulmate. She met a man that summer and who lived in New York. So she was going to New York to be with her soulmate. So I took her to the airport January 9, 2004, March 6, 2004. She jumped off a tall building of that men's apartment. And so that was the last time I saw her was January 9, 2004. She didn't last two months in New York. Apparently, the soulmate didn't work out, but I'm not here to talk about relationships. I'm here to talk about my daughter, Diana, who was a 19 and a half year old teenager. And Gordon's brother, Ian, who was a 52-year-old matured man, both of them fell into depression. And the only way they could see to end their pain was to leave the world. So, so it's not about age. It's about, not about could happen to, to anybody around us that could be happening very fast or it's a long turn. So. A couple of months after my daughter passed away, I received a letter from New York. It was from one of her professors. And he wrote me, he said, Mrs. Chen, I couldn't sleep for weeks after your daughter passed away. Because the day before she 
took her life. She waited at his office door for him to return and turned in a paper that was due. And he said, your daughter looked completely different. So he said, I asked her, Diana, what happened? But, you know, she just said, I had a really bad case of flu. So he let her go. But next day, he heard of the news. He blamed himself for not dig a little deeper, for not inviting her in, ask more questions, give her a hug. You know, so I, I wrote back to the professor. There is no regret in this world because when things happen, we can't bring it back. But next time opportunity calls, that will reach out a little bit more. So Gordon's message to us, and he's been emphasizing in every meeting that he's talked with us, even at the Kaohsiung Institute that I just went, he said, let's ask, how are you really? Instead of just, how are you? If you sense a bit of a, a desperation in your friends, in your families, and your Rotary members. So he really wants Rotary to be known as an organization that takes care of our members. So I know, you know, you meet online, but online too, we can reach out. So that, how are you really, is really he wants to emphasize. We do projects together. We create hope in the world, in the communities. Let's create hope in our clubs, in your family and friend circle. So we know that reaching out is okay. Being, feeling lonely, depressed, scared, it's okay. It's okay to share. So in the letter this January, so President Nick, you're, you're already halfway through your presidency, right? So in the January 13th, our mid-year reflection, we like to bring mental health resources to all the clubs. And I would love each club to do at least one project to do with mental health awareness. Just that awareness is okay to share that everybody has a little bit of something that, you know, they could feel scared, depressed, lonely. I know how lonely my daughter was on the not even two months she was in New York. And when the only men she went did not work out, that how scared she was, how, how disappointed she was and how she could not find a way out to ease her pain, the only way she knew was to leave the world. So we had people around us, and Gordon and I want to share our personal experiences with you so that when you reach out, you don't know whether you're going to make a difference or not, but you know you will. So we really want you to take care of your family, your friends, and your club members. Be part of that, that reaching out. Be part of that I'm okay, you can come to talk to me or just reach out more. I want to again say, this is one of Golden's goals and I'm hoping that we can reflect in that daily life. That tender, loving care is so important in our daily life, whether it's to your family or your friends or your club members. So I want to share this with you, but I want to end with a really happy note. Next year, March 6, 2024, it'll be 20 years that my daughter left me. But you know, there's not one day passes that I don't think of her. I think of her every day. 
but I don't think of her in tears because I know she lives in my heart. So when I eat good food, I'm eating with her. When I watch a good movie, she's watching with me. When I do service, she's still doing with me. So I have vowed to live a doubly happy life because my daughter lives in my heart. So my message want to give everyone is, if you ever lose a loved one, live a doubly, triply happy life. Because first, that's what they want you to do. Second, you're doing it with not just yourself, but you're carrying someone you love with you. So be happy and live a doubly happy life. That's what I, my advice to Gordon too. So when I was at Kaohsiung Institute last week, I made a 10 minutes short speech, sort of wrap it around what I just said. But before that, I asked Gordon's approval. I said, is it okay if I mention your brother? He said, yes. So I basically brought tears to his eyes because I think he and I can feel that we are doing doubly happy life and doing doubly service because we're carrying someone we love in our heart. My message to you is very, very simple. Before we go to Q&A, you are that invisible person. I want to thank you for being that. Every project you do, every service you do in your, in doing your communities, make a difference in people's life. The second is be a happy Rotarian, do what you love to do, and be a lifetime Rotarian. And live a happy life and bring more resources into your club, into Rotary, so we can do more for the world. So that is my very simple message to you, and I'm your biggest cheerleader. And I want to answer questions. What can we do? You know, any, anything you want to ask me, or we can kind of exchange ideas. So that's my uh, message to all the Rotarians in District 5170. Let's be happy Rotarians, be lifetime Rotarians, and do what we love to do. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate the, that powerful story. And it really reminds me of where we are with our families and, and with our community. Um, before we go into Q&A, I, I want to just take a moment to introduce the, the members of our club who are on the phone right now. And uh, just give me a wave when, when you want to call you out. Uh, we have myself, Nick McGuard, based out of the Vancouver area. And I have in the California area, I have Rushton. I have Mike, I have Lisa, and Mark, I think you're in the Southern California area. And then we've got Sandy also in, in the San Jose area. Cal representing the world, but today in Washington state. Thank, thank you all for joining us. And if anybody has any questions, I'm, I'm happy to take them. I can definitely start off with, for me, I really first appreciate you sharing your story. Um, and I, I heard Gordon's message back in February when I went to president-elect training. And I really appreciated that this year's one of, one of this year's focuses is mental health. Um, I guess my, my question is to your point of club versus district, how, how do you, how do you want our clubs to engage better? And where do you, where do you wish we did something a little different? Because I know we're all individually, uh, we've had Cupertino speak to us about some of the initiatives they're doing. We've, you know, we, we interact with the club with our members, like Lisa going to the, the holiday train recently. Um, how would you like to see us do, do things a little differently? Actually, my question is, how would you like the district to see you? You know, I understand, I go, I've seen Lisa, we had a great time in the train of lights. And then Mike is lo also local and Washington actually lives in Cupertino, right? And so 
how do we bring, how do we support an e-club like you? First, my question, actually, what projects do you do? We have, our, our biggest one is our global grant. It is in Soda, Soda, Ethiopia, founded from our current treasurer, Cecilia, where she was in, in Peace Corps. And right before COVID happened and she wanted, she found that while she couldn't go back with COVID, she wanted to make a difference. And I'll hand it over to, I know many of our other members have supported on this. So if you want to explain more, Rushton, about other activities we do, the Global Grants is obviously one of the bigger ones and that's on the international scale. But we also do uh, events locally. And I know Rushton, you have one that you have uh, that you do each year. So one of the ways we work to have members of an online and asynchronous club work together for a project is in the various ways that we're involved with the fight against cancer. Mm-hmm. So Relay for Life that happens for in Santa Clara in the spring every year is one that we invite every member to donate to, to share messages for, to, to get involved with in person. There, there's, there's, there's something for everybody. Uh, we also try to have mini grants that allow you know, people when they identify a, an, an need in the part of the world where they are, since we have members in a dozen different countries, to be able to, to draw in the partnership of another club or organization to help with those. One of the ways that we like to think we serve the, the world is, is a way that many Rotarians might stop and go, wait, that's not service. We, we seek to get speakers and record them and share their messages who can inspire people to see the world in new ways. And so we have speakers from all over the world and we never go dark. We, we have meetings every single week. So there are a number of different ways. Your question was, what can the district do for us? Yes. I would, I would love for more members of the district to understand how we're different mm-hmm. and welcome that we bring something different to the district. It, it is, I think, quite important that we not get locked into very, very specific ways of thinking about how Rotary can be. That is a really good way to describe the E-Club. Actually, a little bit about Rotary right now. Rotary is morphing. We're being very flexible. About 50% of the clubs are recording their programs right now. So they're working also like E-Club. They record their programs because they have hybrid meetings. 50% of the clubs have hybrid meetings. Like Kubikin Rotary, we always have hybrid meetings. We have members now living in Arizona because we have hybrid meetings. So we're sort of working like a 50% e-club. And all the programs are recorded, put on the website. People can access to it. And Rotary International just started an initiative called, e- called uh, I, didn't, I don't remember the exact name. I just received the email. They want to establish a program depository, just like your program, to have world-renowned programs available on recording that any club can access as their program. So I think you will be a very good participant in that category. They want to have a collective depository of program speakers that any club can access as their program. So your program actually could exactly be part of that. So I'm actually going to connect Preston Nick and who is your, who should I connect to with this Rotary International Group? They just started it. So I'm happy to connect. Okay. Yeah, I would, so I would I, love to be part of it as well. But that, that is where, and I want to emphasize one of the things that we have one of our members who joined this year who actually helped us start a podcast as well. And that part for me has been 
actually transformational in my listening habits and watching habits, because sometimes it just doesn't work to, to have video or a recording that I have to have on my screen. But the podcast is another avenue that's been tremendous as well. So I, I, love, I love that. I think that's exactly what World International is trying to do. So a second thing is I, I'm very excited about working together. So the question is, how does an e-club work together with the rest of the clubs? That is a good question. One idea just came to me. I would love to have one meeting that you would designate it, that we want every Rotary Industry 517 to join our that meeting. And that would be an invitation you send out to the district. That join our meeting and see what how e-club works. And then if you have a good program. So if Rustin or President can work on that, give me a date. I would give a call out. So let's join Rotary e-club. Forget about your meeting that week. Okay, your meeting would be that week. Meeting would be join the e-clubs meeting. And you could have hundreds of people join you. Yeah. Okay. Project I would like to give to the e-club. And then I would advertise it. Throughout the district. Okay. okay. We can, we can no. work on that. I'll take that away. Go ahead, Mike. I'd like to add to that, that, that the, what we would most want to communicate to other clubs in the district is that we have about a dozen or so members that are in the local area, yes. in the local geography, and could be participants, visiting Rotarians to projects, to fundraisers and, and whatnot. There's a burning desire, particularly amongst members who have had the experience of a traditional club, to have that, that last link to fellowship, which is that face-to-face to not just come to meetings, but to be part of their actual work. Um, that That's one thing that we'd like to make sure they understand, that we're not competing for members. We're actually contributing resources that can be helpful to them. Oh, absolutely. And, sec- and, and, and secondly, there's a viral effect that we're actually trying to develop, which is a return to Rotary. Mm-hmm. We, we know that over the last three years, there's been some erosion from Rotary membership due to all of the factors that I've just recently learned that Camilla has quantified. And we think that a, a, um, e-club like ours can actually satisfy many of the objections that have created them to leave Rotary in the first place. And so from the district point of view, we'd like to have this chain of information that shares with us who has left Rotary. And for those that we can quantify left because of personal schedule conflicts or not exactly engaging with that particular group, but want to stay committed to Rotary to have that come back. So we're already engaged with the district at the membership level, at the public image level, to try and make sure that that we have a symbiotic relationship, that they understand who we are, we understand who they are, and wherever we can work together, we're committed to do that. That's wonderful. Because I, I do believe people on the ground, you know, I just saw Lisa and I saw Washington most a lot of times too. And Mike, where are you? I'm in Lincoln, California, which is about 36 miles Northeast of Sacramento. So it's, it's a little bit challenging for me to get into the local events just because of the two hour and 20 minute drive or whatever, but I'm still 
in the areas. So, right. and I'm still committed to the district. I, you know, I was on Richard's uh, um, public image committee, mm-hmm. not this year, but the year before. And, and that was my first experience with the district and it was very fulfilling. I really enjoyed it. So we, we do encourage our members to try and find some place where they could be a participant. That's great. And, and not be here physically because right. it's, yeah. You know. so, so there, there are ways we can do fellowship via, you know, Zoom and this just like really share our thoughts and share our feelings. And I think Cal has his hand up, but there's also ways we can do physical together that because you're local. But I, I have two proposals here. You know, we, we do, you do international service project. Most of the times after we do international service, right, we go visit. So I really don't want to plan a year like we can all visit together on a, on a service project. Okay, so I know I've well, three times. I've been to Serbia. I go. It's all my international service project that we go to see our project. It was the best. My best international traveling are with Rotarian traveling. So if somehow your club can plan, most of the members could go for a short trip together to visit your project or somebody else's project. For example, a, a Mexico wheelchair distribution is coming up in June 2024. And that if we can sort of meet together, I think that would be a great goal for you for you to kind of work on, like a vacation together with Rotary, but going to see a project. You know, the best thing about going Rotary project is you meet local Rotarians. They take you to places where tourists don't take you. So it's really a best way to get together. So maybe that could be your goal. Somehow you can arrange a Rotary visit together. The second part I think of just right now is you're going to invite the district to come to your meeting, but you can always another meeting in Zoom together. Say, Rotary E-Club for Sintown Valley this, this week is going to go visit, say, Kubikino Rotary. We're going to all go to Zoom meet. Okay, physically, Lisa could come. Russian could come, but we're all going to zoom in. We're coming in as a club to visit your club. I think that's really a fellowship uh, opportunity. And I'm pretty sure whatever club you visit is going to highlight that and, and really be that club to club interaction. So that could be a way for you to, in, for you to meet Rotarians in Rotary Club. Many, almost 50, more than 50%, we have Zoom ability right now. They, they do hybrid meetings all the time. So it's perfect for you for Rotary E-Club to zooming at the same time as a group. So, you know, this is kind of a fellowship out of the box, right? So if you can give more fellowship ideas so we can integrate together and get to know each other, I think that would be a great way to really interact. You can even be a club's program. Just to introduce what Rotary E-Club of Silicon Valley does and who we are. I love that idea. Cal, I'll go to you first, uh, and then Lisa, I'll come to you. Thank you. You mentioned uh, that there are, there is a club, uh, maybe more than one club that is only nine members in the district. And to me, small clubs can be very powerful, but it also might be an indication of a club that's, that's heading down the road to not being a club. And I'm wondering if is the district looking at those clubs, trying to support them in some way? And are they making the support of those clubs 
perhaps the merger of those clubs, something that other larger clubs can help with. You have a club that has 350 members that's close to a club that has nine members. It seems like some number of the 350 might at least be ambassadors to the other club and help them with projects and maybe other forms of support. I just wonder Absolutely. if the district is doing anything about that. Absolutely, Cal. That's a really good question. Actually, it's been what district is being trying to do. But I, I told, this is my 60th club. Every club I visit, even the nine-person club, they're very, very proud of what they do. And they really have that sense of, this is my club. So each club's culture is so different. So when I go visit, I said, build on your culture. Nobody wants to change your culture, but build on it. So what we're at district level to help the smaller club is, so let's do things together. Be part of, you know, because smaller club has less projects, but they still are very passionate to do what they want to do. So what we do is support them to join global grants with other clubs because smaller clubs are hard to do a global grant themselves and do a service project together and especially have fellowship together to bring them out. So it's very hard to merge a club because they're so proud they don't want to be merged. But what we're trying to develop right now is satellite. A satellite club belongs to the mother club they're all on themselves. As soon as you have nine people, you can do a satellite club. And you can be a satellite club of mental health. You can be a satellite club of performing arts. We're just trying to perform. One of the clubs is doing a satellite club. Actually, two clubs already have satellite club of young professionals. They belong to the new club, but they have their own board. They, have, they meet separately. They have their own um, president, not president, chair, not president. But what they do is they work on their own, have their own fellowship, but they're part of the mother club to do projects together. So that's a way we're trying to get smaller group of people who feel that they have a, a sense of mission that they want to do, but they don't want to do uh, administrative work. It's very hard to, when you have a new club, you ask me, you have to apply for the working international, you got to do this and do that. And, you know, secretarial, treasurer. So a satellite club is a great way for a club to grow separately with different group of people. But Kel, to answer your question, for smaller clubs, they really don't want to be merged, but they're very happy to be part of a big club doing projects together. So I invite them the same thing. Join as a group a meeting to a local club. Show up in a rural club, say, hey, we're this club, but we're part of your meeting this time. And then have fellowship connection together and work projects together. So that's when area called assistant governor comes in. Assistant governor manages three or four, the largest ones, eight clubs together. They're geographically very close together. So their job is to ask all the presidents, what can the district support you, but also bring joint projects in the area. So area-wide, they can do things together. So Cal, that's a good question, but we really try not to say, we want you to merge into another club. But what's, what worst message is do project with other clubs and make friends with other clubs, make connections. And I think. Lisa, I think you were next. And then we'll wrap thank up. Thank you. Governor Hines, thank you for being with us. It's been amazing. Um, I do have one question that's been on my mind 
Oh, I've been a Rotarian over 25 years. So that's how it's been on my mind. So on the freeways, you see all the billboards, you know, on 880, 101, 237. And yet we've never seen a rotary billboard that says people of action or join rotary or this is what we do. I have no idea how much a billboard would cost. Do you know if rotary would even authorize this that the district could afford it? Um, you know, Lisa, write me an email because this has been talked about. So somehow Rotary has not been a fan of billboards, but I agree with you that physical, that, that physical presence is very important, right? So that's a public image. So we do have uh, money for public image, but we mostly want the clubs to use it. So give me an email. So I will bring that to the district level. And see what the district says. Okay, it okay. it it's, might be worth the investment. So um, and that has come up a couple times. Okay, so that's a good idea. So whatever idea you have, bring it to you know email me. I want to tell you another story. Do you know what our district's max the match project means? If you do international project, you should know. So when we donate money to the Rotary Foundation, three years late comes back to us as DDF, right? District. Then we give it to the club, say, this is how much DDA you have, go do projects. But if you do a local project, it's called district grants. It doesn't get matched. So if every DDF is matched doing global grants, that's fine. But a lot of small clubs, they don't do road district grants. They um, wrote global grants. They want to do service project in the, in the district. So in their own area, communities, but the DDF is not matched. To me, that's a loss. So about, I want to say seven or eight years ago, I was driving with Oren Mahoney. Or he was president governor-elect at that time. From Cupertino to Fremont to attend a Rotary meeting. I told Oren, I said, look, I, I was going after other clubs' DDF because, you know, Cupertino Rotary does a lot of global grants. And we always need more DDF to get Rotary International match, right? So I will go to Sunnyvale. Do you have any DDF left that you're not doing local global grants? We'll give you cash. For example, if your club has $2,000 DDF, you just want to do a district, you know, local grant, not a global grant. So you use that money, your $2,000 is not matched. But Kubitil Rory would give you $2,000 cash to do your local project. That's the same. And you give the DDF to Kubitil. Then Kubitil can match 50% with Rotary International. I've been chasing after other clubs. And they'll say, oh, I used it already. Okay, okay, we'll, we can do it. I said, all right, why don't you just do it at a district level? When the money comes to DDF, just do it right there. He said, well, that's a good idea. Then Oren is a person of very fair. He said, well, is it fair to all concerned? The smaller clubs, 2,000 DDF, only get 2,000 cash. What's the benefit to that club to exchange to Cupertino Rotary? Well, Cupertino Rotary can get 50% match for your DDF. So this is what Max the Match comes in. He said, let's do this. Every club who wants to sell their DDF to a global brand gets 25% more cash. So say Cupertino get a $2,000 grant, but I have to pay $2,000 plus 25%. So their DDF is a little less, but they get 50% match from Rotary International. They're still way higher. So Max the Match now in District 5170 on top at DDF, we do the swap right there. And then any club that does 
local projects will get 25% more cash from a club that buys their DDF. So that DDF gets matched in your global grants, still benefit global grants clubs. So we are very proud. District 5170, it's only probably or very few district in the world that every dollar DDF is matched as a global grants because we do it at the district level. So that's an idea in a car that happened. So like Lisa, your idea, send it to me because it could blossom into something really good. Okay, so I, I really like your idea. If every area, we have about 13 areas, invest money into a billboard, you're going to see Silicon Valley, you have 13 billboards when you drive around. That's a lot of public image. So it's not one billboard we're looking at when you give me that idea. It's about 10 billboards in Silicon Valley, right? So that takes district coordination. So bring your ideas to the district so we can either, we can invest it and make it bigger instead of just one club session. So I really love your idea. The moment you said it, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of 10 billboards. When I drive 101, 85, when I drive, I can see a billboard everywhere I go. So that's public image. I love it. I, I want to say thank you, District Governor Hong, for, for joining us today. And I, I want to wrap up the recording. And I actually have more questions. So I'm actually looking forward to the opportunity with this recording that if you ever join us live, you get the opportunity to talk with our speakers after we stop the recording. And if you are a visiting member and you make sure you mark your attendance because we love to hear from you, we also have a discuss section at the bottom. We love to talk. And if you ask questions, then we'll make sure that uh, District Governor Hung also gets those questions and we can have a further conversation. I love that part about this is this is not just a one-time thing. This is an ongoing conversation and I lo look forward to having for further of those. Um, as with all of our meetings, I'd like to hand the last word over to our speaker, uh, District Governor Hung. Thank you for your time and the floor is yours. I really want to thank, you know, for you to share my stories for your time. And I really believe that Rotarians you know, Rotary connects the world. It is so true. You know, you live in different world. And I just went to Kaohsiung and met so many Rotarians. I'm not, I always say if there are people are listening who are not Rotarians, it's okay to not join Rotary, but join something bigger than you are. Join a Lions Club, join a church, join an Optimist's Club. Always do something that's bigger than yourself. But Rotary International is a very reputable company, you know, nonprofit in the world. And if you, are looking for a joining something bigger than you are, Rotary is really a good choice. But again, Rotary work happens at club levels. There will not be a district, there will not be Rotary International if we don't have members in clubs that are doing service in your communities and also doing global grants. So we want to value each Rotarian. I want another emphasize, when you do projects, people don't know who you are. You're that invisible person, but you know every project you do in your community or in the world makes a difference in someone's life. So thank you for being Rotarians. Thank you so much. Have a great week.